gentlemen, election performance. Uh, oh, we have a discount code. Darkest twenty five. Election performance, man, that was. I don't think Danny was expecting that one, but uh, we're back. That was epic. Is uh, we're episode something. We uh, 50, it's just us. three. Fifty three. Okay, I believe. We're episode 53. We're back. Um, <clears throat> and we are just going to talk about some of the stuff that happened, some of the stuff that's going to happen, uh, some of the stuff we want to happen. You know how it is. How You know how these episodes are just me and Danny go. It gets a little rambunctious. It goes a little off the rails. We get a little get a little dicey. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, what you wanted to start out talking about pans, right? Yeah, I feel like this episode should be pretty easy to stay on track just because you just competed at Pans, so we definitely yeah. want to talk about that and all your matches and stuff. But exactly. I guess first off, first off, like, what was it like traveling and competing in an IBJJF tournament post-pandemic? So traveling on an airplane is the most annoying thing ever. <laughs> um, and that's kind of joking, but I just don't, man, like, everything is so long now. Like, they have, like... A guy who hands a bag to a guy who hands a bag to you that has your tiny water bottle in it and your snack. And it's like, dude, okay. And then everybody's <laughs> wearing gloves. Everybody, uh, they don't come by with the cart anymore, which is kind of nice, actually. But it's like you're still sitting next to each other on an airplane. So why is there a mask mandate? I don't know. I don't have an, uh, I don't want to get like political on it, but it's just like, ugh. Traveling is now even more of a hassle than it was before. Um, Were your flights full? Yeah, all the way. 6.23 a.m. I flew out Thursday morning, and I woke up at 5. What was awful was the night before the tournament. So Margo and Dan Ranio, shout-outs to them for housing me that night. I was – because uh, my roommate went to, went to Pan Am's as well. So I was I would have been alone in the house, and I didn't want to pay for an Uber. So they were gracious enough to drive me down to the airport, but we needed to leave at 5 a.m. to get there in time to make my gate. But I had a bunch of steak at their house, they cooked this beautiful amount of steak, and Margot didn't finish her steak, so I ended up eating like 40 ounces of steak that night, and like a bunch of sweet potato, and I got the meat sweats, so I didn't sleep. <laughs> I got the meat sweats real bad. Jake Watson pulls out a Pan Am's for the meat sweats. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was the reason that you pulled out, sir? Ah, meat sweats. Real debilitating. They were super intense this time. The meat sweats were the main reason I got out later in my life. But, it was um, Arby's. Oh no! It was a good. <laughs> it was a fantastic thing. Dan Ranio can cook the crap out of a snake, uh, a steak, not a snake. <clears throat> and uh, probably a snake too. I felt great the next day. I slept on the plane. I, I like borderline didn't even. I joke. It's like I time skipped to Charlotte because it was a connecting flight to Charlotte, North Carolina, and then to Florida. Uh, Florida is pretty much like you know, like we said before the before we got there. It's pretty much like a pandemic doesn't really exist. Um, except for the airport, because I think every airport has to follow like a, a federal mandate instead of a statewide one. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Florida's pretty cool, other than it being really sticky and hot. Uh, that was that was weird. And our Airbnb, dude, our Airbnb. Uh, so for those of you who don't know what an Airbnb is, and you've been living under a rock, or perhaps you just you know respectfully haven't seen it, it's like uh, instead of a hotel, you stay in someone's house, right? So Nathan, my roommate, Nathan Hyland, um, he well, has his girlfriend, Annie, orders the Airbnb. And when she read it, the description, she thought they were being modest when they described it as a tiny house. Now, I didn't know this, 
but there is like a type of it's called a tiny house like a tiny house is a, a title of a type of home and it's a tiny it's a legit a tiny house like it's made for i guess dwarves and um <laughs> in like lord of the rings but uh we go there and we're like i'm six three john's six feet tall nathan's like five ten we're not small people and we get there and we're like, wow, this is a very, very tiny house. And it's very uncomfortable. Uh, the staircase actually was uh, from the di- the distance from like my chin to my right shoulder, maybe a, a little double that. So it was a shoulder width. It was like shoulder width, the staircase. Uh, that was such a stupid explanation. <laughs> a roundabout way of describing it. It was like my shin midway to my shoulder times four <laughs> i don't know why i explained it like that i was like trying to i thought because as soon as i made the the comparison from my chin to my shoulder i realized it wasn't that that would have been so and then i did another one i was like wow that's actually how thin it was anyway it was really thin and uh the the room upstairs literally if i was on my knees i could not stand i could not like posture up all the way if i was on my knees so real tiny place um like one of the bedrooms was just a bed and you walk in and there's a bed and that's it. That's the whole bedroom no space around no space. It. It's crazy. Uh, but it was a lot of fun because that became like a huge joke. You know, we're like all huge people. Um, but that was my, my traveling was pretty easy. I mean, the Ubers were respectful. Uh, one of them was very, very nice, man. I, t- I had a very nice conversation with him about his, uh, journey with Jesus as well. He was like, are you a Christian? I was like, yeah, he like saw my necklace he was like, oh, man, let me tell you. And he told me a bunch of old stories, like this old, nice Italian dude. <laughs> but, yeah, the traveling was good. I wish you would have been there. I wish that Daniel yeah, Donald would I was planning on going out there, but um, I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I had that surgery on my gums, so I was still kind of recovering from that. Um, seven stitches in my mouth and stuff made it kind of hard. Made me kind of want to lay on the couch and just watch Pan Ams. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely – Try and be there next time. Um, assuming they do it again in March. Dude, I, I wish uh, I wish that Nogi pants. I wish I was going to Nogi pants. I would just say, Danny, come be to Nogi pants. Go to Georgia. But um, you're not yeah. doing Nogi pants. No, I don't do Nogi right now. I haven't okay. done Nogi in a little bit. I think it's like now becoming more common knowledge for people that I'm not really a Nogi guy right now. I want to mm-hmm. be. I would love to be. <clears throat> but we just don't have a Nogi program. Andre yeah. asked me the other day. Actually, uh, he asked me if I was going to do Nogi pants, and I, I said I don't think so. And he was like, oh, really? And I was like, well, yeah, because I don't think I think I should prepare for something like that. He's like, well, yes, but given your track record of uh, competing and not preparing for them. (laughs) But uh, when I got to Pans, I want to say this again. I made a post about it already, but I want to say it again. It means so much to me and Danny how much like if you're listening to this, you were at Pan Am's and you came up and said, hey, man, I love your podcast. Uh, and dude, it goes so far. It really honestly is one of the best feelings ever to have people come up and say, hey, you do something we like. Um, all the Daisy Fresh guys were were there and they came up to me. Uh, Spatchzilla uh, came up to me. Uh, his, him and his uh, lovely wife came up to me and were like, hey, man, we love your podcast. And they were bringing up inside jokes. They were like, hey, where's the Irish singer? Why is he? <laughs> and I was like, That's oh, awesome. man, that feels like we have fans. Like that makes me feel like I'm doing something cool. Yeah, every time Jake tells me that people come up to him, I make him tell me like detail for detail what they said. <laughs> so like, and I remember too because I, that kind of stuff sticks to me, and yeah, I awesome. I sometimes forget that I'm like an athlete. I'm like, oh wow. Well, what's funny, man? This was uh, this was kind of sad, but it was kind of funny at the same time. Connor 
was another as another student at um, our academy who uh, he competed. He lost his second match to a guy named Mahmoud, I think it was his name. And this kid beats Connor, comes up to me and says, "Hey man, I love your podcast." <laughs> and I'm I'm coaching Connor. He's like, "Hey man, thank you for everything you do. You have a great podcast." And I was like, "Oh man, oh, man. You gotta like, give him a big <laughs> hug right in front of Connor." Connor doesn't listen to my podcast. (laughs) That's why I have a joke. Actually, you know what's funny? I had this realization. I feel like we have like we we gotta we gotta patent this the open guard cast blessing. I know, dude. I was just gonna bring that up. We had so so many of our guests competed at Pans and did really really good. I think almost almost I don't want to say every one of them, but almost every guest we've had on the show. That signed up for Pans. I know I said every guest we ever had competed at Pans and did well, but that's not the case. Um, <laughs> every guest we had. The, uh, the guests and see. The guests, yeah. So uh, Jefferson Guardes, he didn't do it. Uh, yeah, Tarek, I messaged him actually there. about it. You know what's funny? I'm about to say something funny too. So, okay, so so far I'm looking. Um, a lot of people weren't there, you know. Uh, Nikki, so how did Nikki Sullivan do? Did she go? I think she got third. I'm pretty That's, sure. Let me yeah. double check right now. Um, yep, she got third place. She got third. What about Marcio? And her, Marcio made it to the quarterfinals and lost to Michael Liera Jr. Mm. So he was one place or one uh, match away from placing. And Sammy Nagai got quarterfinals as well, right? Samuel Nagai got semifinals. Now, oh, so he's he, 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 yeah, he got third place. He lost to Tiago Macedo in the semis. Man, Tiago had the of his freaking life. Oh, yeah, insane. that was insane. Yeah, crazy. He literally Devante has Johnson, best defense of all time. Literally, yeah. When his fight with Gianni Grippo was one of the craziest matches I've seen in a while. Like, Gianni was just on his back, like, three or four different times and just couldn't get the hooks. And was always, like, a half second away from getting the points. And then Tiago would peel one of the hooks off. That's crazy. Did Devontae Johnson place? I think he got third. Okay. I think so. I'm not sure. I know Vanessa Griffin got third. Yeah, Vanessa Griffin also got third. Um, Adam Bradley got second. Adam Bradley got second, yes. Um, John Carlo got first. Yes, indeed he did. Kevin Carrasco also got first. He got first, too. Uh, Elizabeth Clay was there, but what? Uh, yeah, Lucas Valenta I don't know got she third. Competed. She didn't compete. She was just there. I don't even know how they let her in. <laughs> She wasn't there with anybody. Uh, <laughs> He's coaching. Sneaky, sneaky. Um, yeah, yeah and that's right. Not, Lucas did get third as well. Yeah, Jordan Syatt lost his second fight, but he won his first fight like 45 to zero, man. That yeah, was crazy. Yeah, I think he, th- he said it was 35, but just got mm-hmm. tons of takedowns, guard passes. Just He posted a few clips of it, and it was awesome. And yeah, he also no, said he's great. competing in uh, the Atlanta Open the same weekend as Nogi Pans. Nice. So that'll be cool to see him get back out there. And then uh, Nick Salas and Danny Myra of the Bolo Bros closed out the semifinal, and then one of them went on to win. So Yeah, that was pretty, awesome. That's pretty cool. For sure. So, yeah, pretty much uh, only me and Marcio. Uh, me, Marcio, and Sam and a guy of the competitors who are actively or who have been on this podcast um, did not did not place. But everybody Sam did super great third. and had an ama- – oh, Sam did get third. Yeah, he got There's third. so many – sorry, we're doing so good, Danny. It's hard to keep track, <laughs> all right? Listen, it's hard being this – when your brain is like – it's like a freaking Hummer. You know what I mean? <laughs> A big, bulky, good show. It's got a nice chassis around it that's very beautiful to look at. And then just the brain just 
it's powerful for like three seconds. Um, <laughs> then it runs out of overall, gas. Overall, great showing by everybody. And yeah. uh, it was really cool. I want and to do that. And Marcio also fought amazing. So I feel like Everyone Marcio fought really, really, really good. good. He beat Johnny Tama, and that was a yeah. good match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't feel like I did bad either. I feel pretty happy about how I did. Uh, which I guess we'll talk about now, huh? Yeah, let's how? get into your matches. So you signed up for the Open. That was yes. your first. Those were your My first, first time doing the Open. The that was awesome. Yeah, the Open's such a cool. I will never not do the Open again. I will, first I will, time doing the Open at Pans. Is that what you mean? Uh, first time doing the Open where it's before the division. So yeah, oh, Pans. Oh, okay. I'm gonna okay. do the Open at Worlds too. But um, awesome. if they have Worlds. But uh, yeah, the Open was really fun. Okay, so my first match of the day was Machias Luna. And Machias is I fought him four times. He him and his brother uh Mateos frustrate me because they're like they just know the rules so well and they they know what they can get away with. They know exactly what they want to get away with. They play around the edges of the mat and everything and it's it's very frustrating to be a very aggressive grappler against them because every time you do you get like an offense boom you're out of bounds so <clears throat> against machias i actually kind of i'm i believe that i initiated the proper game plan for that day uh i wrapped a footlock on him and i man i popped his foot really really bad yeah he and looked the look on his face was that the footlock was working <laughs> it was no it popped like 10 times danny it was like pop wow. pop, 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 pop oh man and i look at him and uh, I don't know if you noticed at one point in the match, Danny, there was a moment where I tapped him and, and I not like a submission, but I tapped him like to get his attention. I was like, hey, are you OK? <laughs> and, and, you know, as any competitor probably would, he goes, yeah, I'm fine. It's not that I would have arched less. I would have arched the same amount if he would have said, no, I'm my foot is broken. I would have still arched it probably because, hey, he needs to tap. But uh, he didn't tap. And then I glocked close guard. And uh, he accepted a DQ, basically just held grips and stayed in my close guard because his foot was hurting really bad. So yeah, that was actually going to be my question because I I rewatched it again right before we started recording, um, and it looked like he was hurt. I thought it might have been his knee, but like you said, it was probably the ankle from the ankle lock. The next day he had a cast on it, so on the he, foot, uh, on the foot, yeah, wow. he had a cast on his foot. So that oh, was wow. uh, that was a rough um, rough ankle lock for sure. Yeah, and then um. I fought Gustavo Batista. Now, how can I relate my experience fighting Gustavo Batista to a real life thing? Imagine like, imagine not knowing how to swim and going out into that part of the ocean where it's really wavy day. Like the waves are really strong that day and your feet are just barely like you're just barely on the sand and then you're just getting just just beaten down by these waves like over and that was what it was like it was just i kind of felt like i had my footing i kind of felt like i had the idea but he's so strong and he is so he's just so technical with his passing that uh in all actuality the my opinion on it is it was a huge huge learning lesson for me um it was it was one big thing it was was it it grossly and bluntly highlighted what i had been neglecting with my training so like uh for instance danny and i were talking before the show i am about three thousand calories no 
2,500 calories into my day right now. It's 1.35 p.m. I have to eat 6,000 calories a day. I'm holding myself to this. And after my fight with Rafael Lovato Jr., which I announced on my Instagram, that'll be on October 23rd in Philadelphia, I will be weightlifting three times a week and trying to actually put on weight and muscle. Uh, and I know that I, I broadcast electron performance uh, because I use electron performance, but now it is time to use electrum, get your effing head in the game performance. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, but Gustavo is just so much, he's in terms of skill. It was like, I was maybe one step behind. I, f I feel like he has that experience factor. He's got a very sure idea of what he wants to do on top and on bottom. Uh, whereas I saw him come at me and I, and I nervously pulled guard. Because I didn't know, I didn't expect him to do that. And that's just a sign of immaturity as a competitor. Um, but as far as like the strength, he's leagues ahead of me. He's so much stronger than me. He literally cut through my cut through my guard like butter. And uh, I talked to Hal Teague of Flow Grappling. After my match, I was like, hey, did you see that? How was that? And that was fun. <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, he does that to everybody. Like, you don't feel bad. Like, work on it, but don't feel bad. Like, he he literally did that to Max Jimenez. And I'm like, what? And I looked back, and I saw him on Max's back. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you did it to that big guy, too? So <clears throat> what's funny is Seth offered me a fight against him, and I said yes, and it didn't work out just because of he I love Otto was a, a different choice that uh, Seth ended up choosing for me. But, um, yeah, no, I, I'm glad I didn't fight Gustavo Batista in front of everybody on a, on a grand stage where Flo's going to highlight it, you know? <laughs> what do you think were, like, the biggest takeaways from that match that I need to work on this and that you started putting into into action to get better at? So uh, I, I, I think about two things. I think about what did Gustavo do that made him efficient and what was I unable to do to stop him? So first things first, his grip strength is obviously, I mean, you can look at him and be like, Dear God, this guy is really strong grip. Looks strength. like a tank. Looks like a tank. His pulling is very, very good. He he's very strong pulling. His base is exceptional, and I didn't really feel much of his leg strength, but I feel like that probably has a lot to do with his base. So mm -hmm. overall, I'm a pretty weak dude. Uh, I'm I'm strong in some ways. Like I feel like I have I have good grip strength and I'm able to to pull really well, but uh, it's not the same. Like after feeling that, uh, and you know, people can. People can highlight whatever they want about uh, autos and everything like that, but I don't feel like that's it. I feel like at the end of the day, it's something I can do. And um, I just want to say that before people are like, well, Jake, and I'm like, <laughs> ah, well, I don't speak that language. Um, <laughs> I feel like that was a big takeaway for what he did well. But what I could do better is more game planning. Like if I'm going to fight Gustavo, I'm not going to pull guard against him. I'll say that right now. I'm, I'm just not. I would rather deal with his guard and if I get swept, I get swept. Then, ha like, pull into a bad position. Because I didn't even pull into a bad position on him in the fight. I just pulled. And I pulled collar in sleep. And he shoved my foot in between his legs, grabbed my collar, and passed my guard. And I was like, what the hell was that? Why did that happen, you know? Um, it left yes, me passing sure. reminds me a little bit of Marcio's, like, the way he's able to trap that leg and just keep it trapped. Yeah. Like, once, once he traps that leg, because I watch a lot of his fights, too, just – um just because he's an amazing competitor but like he doesn't let people get their leg back once they trap once he traps it yeah it's very very awkward and uh i i certainly was not ready for it i wait i i even i talked to him after the fight and he told me uh basically 
He's like, yeah, man. And I've just been passing like that for a while. And it was really, really cool that um, he was so like, we talked a little more, but I didn't really get any concrete information on like how he approaches passing or nothing like that. But he's very friendly. And um, I mean, shoot, dude. I remember he was doing the like I saw him do Kumite. That guy passes everybody's guard. He mm-hmm. he like melts through guards, and it's very awkward to watch because you're like, this is just, it's like he's an immovable object, you know what I mean, or an unstoppable force, I guess I should say. Because I felt like I might have been able to, I might have been able to get him off balance with better foothold, but he's just good at like stopping himself from getting knocked off balance with that foot in between the legs. It's very awkward. Yeah. And then uh, and then after that vicious beatdown, I uh. I went into my division. I fought uh, Yuri Silva from Fight Sports, and I got a choke from the back. And I ended up hurting my finger in that fight, actually. My finger's still a little hurt. Um, from the choke? From the choke. So I got a, a bow and arrow from the back, <clears throat> and I, uh, I I pulled it so hard, and he was pulling my grips that my fingers started to loosen from my pinky to my ring. And then my middle finger and my forefinger, or my index finger, rather, they're the same name. Uh, <laughs> you didn't know that, though. So look here. I gr- I'm grabbing him, and he's twisting my middle finger. So my finger is getting twisted, like, uh, to the right. My my right middle finger is getting twisted to the right. And I get the choke. I get the tap. I get up, and my finger is, like, sideways. Oh, like man. This. And I look at it. I don't know if you saw in the video. I look at it, and I shake it out. And I do this, and then I twist it back, and I uh, I fix it. <laughs> so... I, I that night I iced it and by the next day it was pretty good but it's still a little twisted now which is kind of cool because then now it's like I you know did yeah, a it's thing gnarly just, yeah it's like <laughs> gnarly you know but uh that was yeah. that fight and it was I a cool really choke um I I felt like it was cool how he kind of like went to his knees when you had the hooks in and then as you slid off kind of like slid off his back to the side to get the bow and arrow he stood up so yeah. it was almost like a bow and arrow with him like standing on his two feet leaning over you so it was a yeah. cool like highlight. I thought it was nice. I think the transition to the back was probably my favorite part of the match because... Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask I, you about that, too. I did a very... Uh, okay, flower so I sweep. do this... Well, it's like a variation of the flower sweep. It's mm-hmm. I just grab the side of the pans. I don't get an angle. I just kick. And it catches a lot of people off guard because it's pretty powerful when they when they lean that way. So I just, just try sleeve it. control and the grip on the pants near the yes. ankle. Yeah, I just get sleeve control and a grip on the pants. Maybe I'll teach a tutorial on what I did in the fight. Yeah, like, you should. Hey, how did I how did I take the fight on that? How did I take the back? Because all I did literally was he put both hands on the mat and then I just snaked around to his back. I just took the opportunity. And did it, you see, it uh, looked like I had his back, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't really a magic trick. It was just his fault, you know? <laughs> right. Did you did you see Levi do that to um Mateus Lutez? Yeah. Yeah. It I reminded saw. me of that. He he probably got a little bit more of an angle than you. Um, like you said, you don't really cut the angle before you go for it. You just kind of use it as a surprise attack, but yeah, it, it was, I love that move. It was super cool. to see you hit that. I was, I was really too. It was, um, it's one of my favorite moves. I tried it against Mateo. Okay. So <clears throat> in my, in my, my, my fight after that, because I, I do like that technique a lot. It's actually something Andre taught me that, uh, Zanji Hibeto used to do, but, um, it maybe still called the Shanji sweep, the Shanji, the Shanji sweep. <laughs> I, uh, I fought Mateus Luna. So Machias is the lightweight brother. I fought him in the open. Mateus, I don't even know what division he usually fights. I think he's I think he's medium heavy. But yeah, he fought uh, medium heavy. He fought medium heavy, but division I think. Mm-hmm. He uh, was in. He was my second fight in my division. Now, I uh, I 
don't know how to describe how I felt after the fight. I don't feel like I uh, deserved to lose. And this is like going to sound a little out of character, I think, probably because I don't ever complain about uh, results or nothing like that. And complaining does absolutely no good. But um, it was definitely very, very awkward to look up after I uh, swept from 50-50 and I put his knee down. It was definitely awkward to look up and not see uh, two points or at least an advantage for me because I lost by one advantage. It was a good fight. I feel like, though, my main takeaway from that match was <clears throat> I was not really like pulling the trigger at all. And I don't know why, but I felt like he did a couple things that made me nervous on bottom that made me hold back. It made me uh, a little gun shy because at the beginning I got right to my position. I immediately started to work a sweep, but then he got a little tight, almost passed. And I was like, oh, man. And in my head, I I just kind of stopped and I didn't really have any concrete thoughts in my head like, oh, I need to do this. It was just kind of my behavior change in the match. And. I started to slow down a little bit, but then eventually in the last like two minutes, I picked it up again, which is like, that's like eight minutes or six minutes that I'm not fighting, you know? So, um, it wasn't that I, that I purposefully did it. It was like, I just kind of, my behavior changed a little bit. And I realized looking back, like, man, I'm, I, I don't feel like I'm, uh, worse than Mateus Luna. I definitely feel like I am, uh, a more technical grappler than him. And I, de- and I feel like I even won the match. But it was one of those weird uh, situations with the referees. All three of them kind of don't see the uh, the points. And he went on to beat Hebmar in – I don't even want to say beat. He uh, he went on to get his hand raised versus versus Hebmar. Dude, honestly, though, like that was ridiculous. Uh, the magic of Hebmar, I don't even want to talk about it, to be honest, because that was like just the most blatant – disgusting mishandling of the rules uh, that I've ever seen in a tournament, I think. And then, uh, and dude, he, you know, it's funny. He fought Nathan Barreto before he fought me. So Mateos on Saturday fought Nathan and he didn't win that match neither, man. Like he should have lost that match by referee decision. He did nothing the whole fight. And then against me, that thing happened with the two points. And then against Hebamar, that was just if you guys want to see a, a weird match, just go on your Flow Grappling subscription and look up uh, Manuel Hebmar versus Jose Mateus Luna, and uh, you're gonna be like, "Excuse me," because that was uh, not right. And then he got beat up by Otavio Souza in the final, which I kind of expected. To, I kind of expected, you know, if it wasn't gonna be me, it was gonna be uh, Otavio Souza in the final with uh, Hebmar because uh, me and Hebmar were. After I fought Mateus and I was like, oh, cool, I got the two points. I thought I was like, all right, cool, now Hebamar. Now I got Hebamar. But then Hebamar ended up fighting Mateus. And uh, I thought it was going to be Mateus versus, or uh, sorry, I thought it was going to be Hebamar versus Otavio Souza. And Otavio Souza took away the medium heavyweight gold, man. Yeah, what did you think of the way he looked? He To me, he it was great. super impressive. Yeah, it looked like <clears throat> super strong. He's not yeah. like a super tall dude, so I think that's he kind of used that to his advantage. Um, Sick boy. Yeah, super thick, super strong. Um, did you see any of his other matches besides the final? You know, I only saw the final because I was usually competing. But um, I saw he beat Gabriel Almeida, which is not easy. Yeah. yeah Gabriel made a smart guy. And uh, I saw him – I know he's using like a super old-school close guard strategy versus Mateus, which was kind of funny because uh, I don't know what I would have done in that situation either, you know? Yeah. So were there any other matches that uh, you saw pans? Well, actually, before we get into that, what were your like 
I know we talked about the takeaways from the um, from the open class from the match with Gustavo, but what was like your overall takeaways for yourself personally from from Pans? Uh, I need to definitely uh, take my strength and conditioning and my nutrition uh, very serious. Like it's, it's it's not beneficial for me. It's not that I wasn't taking it seriously neither, but I feel like I've struggled with consistency in the weight room and in the kitchen for years. And it's just one of those things where it was very difficult for me. Uh, I've had a lot of different strength coaches and a lot of different directions that I thought I should go. But now I feel like I just, I kind of have it locked out what I need to do. And, um, man, after feeling Gustavo and feeling like Mateus, Mateus is stronger than me too. And I think that strength in jujitsu is very important. Uh, it's like, it can't, you can't say that it's just not important, even though, I mean, look at Mikey Musumesi, he's great too, but he is able to get to these positions and I have not really rounded that part of my game out yet. So it's not just strength, it's game planning too. Yeah. I think I can do a much better job of like, uh, staying patient, playing the rules, being mature on the mat, because that's one thing that the Luna brothers do very well is they know exactly like what they might need to do to win a match or they know exactly, and you know, they're IBJJF referees. So it's like, of course they know the rules. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. It was really fun watching you. Um, me and Josh talked a little bit about how you did, uh, when we recorded on Sunday. Cause I think you would, yeah, you, all your matches had been done already. So, Mm-hmm. Um, you fought really great, and yeah, it was really, really fun watching. So I definitely can't wait to see you compete again, especially against someone like Lovato. Ooh, I can't wait for that either. That's gonna be cool. I, uh, I really, I believe, um, just like right off the bat, I believe that I, if I go out there and I be myself, I believe I, I'm more than capable of winning. Um, just don't let him get space. Don't let him get tight. Like, don't do stupid stuff. Uh, it's not like it's a situation I haven't found myself in before where everybody probably expects me to lose, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, because I, man, I haven't been the, I haven't been the favorite to win something probably my whole life and I kind of like it, but, uh, Lovato is very strong dude and he's strong as in when he gets tight, he gets tight and it's, yeah. the match may feel like it's over when he fought Arnaldo. I really was like super confused with Arnaldo's game plan. Arnaldo gave him that fight to be honest. Uh, he like pulled into half guard and then Lovato just passed, mounted and choked him. I was like, why did you pull into half guard? Like, don't do that. <laughs> Lovato's so, best passing position. Exactly. I was like, did you not study brother? Um, but Andre, my professor is helping me a lot with game planning. Uh, we're going to go in there with a nice, nice idea of what to do. I already know what I want to do at the start of the match and everything like that, which I only get to talk to Danny about after the show. So you guys can have to wait <laughs> and see what it is. But, um, yeah, I just believe that, like, shoot, if I go out there and I play my jiu-jitsu the way I believe is is going to work, then it'll work. I don't think he's the same as Gustavo Batista. He's definitely That was not. actually going to be uh, my next question. Like, do you f- see any similarities between their passing styles? No. I think Gustavo has done a very, very beautiful job of streamlining the differences between old school and new school BJJ where Gustavo is pretty old school style fighter, but he's able to block all the new school stuff with his style. So I'm not saying, pardon me. I'm not saying, um, Lovato isn't like ready for new school stuff at all. I just think that that's partially where my success might lie. Like 
doing some stuff that uh, perhaps he hasn't spent as much time defending or or something like that. I don't want to give a prediction on how the match is going to go. I know Grappling Insider uh, interviewed me, and they said, "Is the, basically, this is how they asked the question. They said, uh, his last match was one of the most uneventful in fight to win history. Do you see that happening again? And I was like, are you asking me if I'm going to make this match boring? <laughs> like, no, I don't plan on making this match boring. I plan on going out there and fighting. But uh, I also can't guarantee that Lovato and I aren't going to stalemate or something like that. I'm like, I don't know. You know what I mean? We're both uh, we're both athletes. And at the end of the day, my game plan is to go out there and be myself. And I think people who have seen me fight a lot know kind of how I fight and what I like to do. I really like single X. Single X is my jam, dude. I love that. I've always loved that position. But uh, I also have other... I mean, we've seen... I have collar and sleeve now, too. I just want... I want to keep him away from my freaking head. If I can keep his head far away from mine, we're good to go, I think. I think we're going to be... We're going to be fine here in the open guard. But if his head gets close to mine like Gustavo's did, it's not a fun time. Yeah, the reason I asked that question is because I feel like Lovato's passing style relies pretty heavily on stepping over the leg, too, similar mm-hmm. to Gustavo. Um Maybe he has different finishes from there for his knee cut and different options for how to step over the leg, whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I noticed that he does – a lot of his top game predicates on stepping over the leg in De La Hiba and passing from yeah. there. Uh, I think I feel pretty comfortable defending knee cut. I've always – I've been defending knee cut for a while, and I feel like um, – I do a pretty good job defending it. I really like inside Britain Bull as well. Again, mm-hmm. I refuse to call I refuse to call it Kiss of the Dragon. I will not do it. Um, so those of you who call it Kiss of the Dragon, it is called an inside Britain Bull. So don't call it that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty happy that I even get the opportunity in the first place, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty confident in my ability. I think I'll be able to do it. Yeah, he's you know, I mean, think we're super excited for it. I'm super excited for it. He's a legend for sure. Just everything yeah. he did in jiu-jitsu before he got into MMA, being the Bellator champion, and you know now getting back into the gi. And he's he's looked really good. The only match where he really didn't look as good was against Lucas Barbosa, and Lucas tends to make people look like that. Yeah, but hey, there's also there's there's some sort of success that was found in Lucas's game plan. You know what I mean? Just just because Lucas fights the way he fights there's also got to be like something i can take away from it yeah um, for sure i believe definitely. that um i believe that there's definitely going to be some stuff that i do that people are probably gonna like or dislike or whatever you know but mm-hmm. um i mean rising to the occasion i usually do pretty well i feel like i rise to the occasion pretty good so yeah. we'll just have to see i mean i'm excited i'm freaking stoked i really am you said October 23rd, so it's not this coming Saturday, but the next Saturday. It is in a week. Awesome. I am going to lose my mind. <laughs> I want to I fight so bad. Did you uh, happen to catch a bunch of other matches at Pants? So I saw um, I saw a few. I, uh, I saw – mostly I watched like my students or like my teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw – what was it? It's so Sam and a guy, obviously, destroy uh, I, Mr. Isaac Deuterlane. He, uh, oh man, that was, the, that kid was on a tear. I'm surprised, honestly, that he didn't uh, make the finals. But he lost to Tiago Macedo, right? Yep. Yeah, I was shocked. Like, when I saw that 
semifinal matchup i was like that's sam all day <laughs> yeah and then you but, see what the heck like that's yeah. crazy i mean yeah, tiago i've seen tiago compete a lot and he's always done really well i think there, there was always kind of like he was almost like right outside the top five guys i would say mm-hmm. or maybe top six or seven guys like i know the weekend before or two weeks before he got submitted by kennedy Masial mm-hmm. at the uh the grand slam in miami he got armbarred and he he made it to the final, so he obviously competed really well. But I've seen him get submitted and and lose to you know some of the top guys before. So it was surprise. It was really surprising, but it was really cool. Like just watching all of his matches. I actually went back and and watched all five of his matches. Um, and he the first two matches he got submissions, so that was really cool. And then um, yeah, the second or the third, fourth, and fifth were all points. Uh. Another match I saw was oh man well, I'm I'm blanking on it right now. Uh, I saw Josh Cisneros in his oh, crazy yeah, run he that he had. Incredible too. That guy's nuts. Yeah, he yeah. he he beat Paul Meow. He put a guy to sleep. That was a a cra- crazy crazy run. But other than that, I didn't really see a lot of the matches yet. I want to go back and watch a little more of them. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen all of them yet. I I've saw I've seen some of those. Um. But I know that uh, I know that there's a lot of crazy upsets this tournament for sure. Yeah, I think some of my favorites were Lucas Valenti and Ronaldo Jr. That was a Ooh. crazy match. I heard that he passed Valenti's guard like twice, right? I think it was three times, which three was insane. Times? I mean, I know Lucas went up to middle, so um, I mean, he didn't mention hard. that in his in his post about an excuse or anything like that. I don't know how big he is exactly, but. It's different, especially against someone like Ronaldo, like when he's used to facing lightweights and then he fights this super tall, strong guy who moves like a freaking yeah, hurricane. Yeah, he's used to, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a crazy match. And then, like you said, Nagai and Isaac was a really, really cool one. Um, Josh Cisneros' final match was really good. He fought Pedro Diaz in the light feather final. That was a really cool match. He had a, a really cool Oma Plata that he was – um working on trying to finish and he ended up losing it and talked about wanting to go for a sweep next time but but yeah that was that was a really cool match too and he was like he was fighting him to the end right he could have locked his guard and he could have locked his guard and held on but he kept on fighting yeah yeah i think he put him in closed guard near the end but uh i think he pulled closed guard maybe like the last 30 seconds or something like that i'll have to go back and watch i was just watching it live but it was just a really fun match that's crazy i'm so happy that uh that it was such an awesome tournament because i was i was nervous yeah how did your students do connor uh lost in the second fight uh cade got third cade roke our uh episode 69 guest cade roke <laughs> what uh what division was he in he was in purple adult middle it was his first tournament as a middleweight awesome and then uh john got second and john uh man john's john's nuts he uh he was starting to feel sick in his final match and he threw up in his mouth and swallowed it and kept going in his finals match oh my god my dude is nuts and he he's he's good i've seen him compete a bunch he's really he he made it to the finals and he said he was like dude i couldn't even like i locked up he's like i felt like i just stopped i couldn't move anymore i'm like dang that's crazy because he's uh he's really good. He almost won pants and like that would have been amazing because he hasn't competed in like a year. Yeah, I remember he competed at Phoenix Open, right? Was that yes. the last time? Yeah, okay. John John loves competing. He's like a he's super into competing. Yeah, he faced one of my teammates, so I remember watching it. But Bobby Green. Yeah. Yep. We love Bobby Green. John yeah, talks Bobby's about Bobby awesome. Green all the time. 
<laughs> we'll get both of them on soon. Hey man, so. he. Oh dear, freaking! You want John on it? You want if you want the most off the rails podcast, I can get John <laughs> to be off the rails for you. I can get John to do. To, I can get John to. Can't, I can't promise we'll post it, but we'll record it. Oh, it's for us. <laughs> it's a podcast for us. That's cool. I dig it. People are gonna be like, "Where's that? What happened to the long lost episode of?" <laughs> yeah, we just long- skip a number. Episode one sixty eight to one seventy. Oh wow. <laughs> Episode one sixty eight to one seventy. <laughs> That's funny. I uh I really like how everybody did. I mean Nathan Highland also is another student. He's uh my roommate. He uh he lost in his first match, but we got we got some plans. So I'm I'm really excited to uh work with him on on more stuff. But we also have the Jiu Jitsu World League tournament here in November seventh. Yeah, yeah a bunch of my teammates are signed up for that. I too. wanna compete at that, but no black belts are signed up. Josh so. Gira is signed up. I just checked the uh the list. Oh, is he? Earlier today. Yeah, I think he's at two twenty two and up though. So he'd be your you'd have to go up and wait. I'd compete against him. He would try to footlock me, but I'd compete against him. <laughs> Let's pull up the list right now. See who's Phoenix on Phoenix Gi Adult Masters. Is he doing no gi? Um, I only saw in the gi. I didn't check the no gi signups. But that's uh, back at Westworld where they used to have fight to win. Where the heck? Oh. Nice. Where is... I'm looking for freaking... What the heck? This is like, but here's the thing about the Jiu Jitsu World League website: is it so bad? <laughs> it's like Let's I can't where, even. You just can't filter the uh, the competitor list, so you just gotta scroll through everything. I am almost there. All right, two twenty three and up. Josh Gira. We uh, need to get him on soon too. Adults black. 223 and up. Josh Guerra. They won't. These two guys, three guys down here won't won't sign up. Gabriel Reveredo, Connor Well, and Ramsey Green. For the open, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're featherweights, so. I could see myself signing them. up and fighting Josh Guerra. November 7th. So that's, what, two weeks after the Lovato match? Uh, yes. Wow. Sorry for saying it like that, but yes. <laughs> and then what? Advanced brown and black belts. Wow. Yeah. There's probably gonna be no one, huh? This is crazy. Yeah. Adult 18 and 29. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Advanced brown black belts 182 and under. Oh, there are a couple. There's male nogi. Wow. There's three of them. At 182 and under? At 180, well, there's four of them at 182 and under, but I'm not going to cut that weight. So I would probably fight 190. There's one guy at 195 named Andrew Lopez. I fought Andrew, I fought Andrew Lopez before. I'm not familiar with him, I don't think. I fought him at a UAE tournament. Ah, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to sign up for both. Nice. Then I can pad my BJJ Heroes record so I can have some freaking wins on it. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have a lot of students doing that tournament too? I think we have some. I'm not really sure how many we have, but I want to have – I mean I would like to have more. 
I should just sign up. How do I register? Yeah, we have a we have a, a good amount. We have kids mostly. Um, mm-hmm. As far as adults go, we have a couple, but I think it's like, man, it's the first tournament back in Arizona in a while. Some people might still be like, Ew. grappling industries had one mm. at Victorium. That was maybe three weeks ago, something like that. But yeah, like, that was yeah. that was a good tournament. There was a lot of people there, so I feel like they did a pretty good job, like enforcing the the rules with the masks for everyone who wasn't competing and. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing a good job, like keeping everything clean and making everyone feel safe. It's all relative because some people are never going to feel safe um, in that type of environment, at least at this point in time. So, but I felt like they did a pretty good job. Yeah, I would really like to just get past all this and compete normally again. That'd be my fi- that'd be my dream because I am just so ready to just compete all the time. I am I'm itching to just compete every single weekend. Yeah, the first AZ BJJL tournament is going to be awesome. I, Those are always the best in-state tournaments by far. I'm super excited for that. Yeah. Trust me, I'm super, super excited for that. Yeah, hopefully early 2021. That's my hope. That's my hope, too. I uh, I really like the, uh, the Gustavo Ran Arizona State Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. AZ, whatever. AZ, BJJL, all the names. I forgot all. <laughs> I've been I've been around since it was AZ, S, BJJF. Yeah. That was that Yeah, was it, was, it was that when I was, when I first moved out here, too. I'm excited for it. The Arizona scene's nice. Yeah, it's awesome. So do you uh, have anything else you wanted to touch on today? Shoot, man. I don't know. Not really. Who do we uh, Who do we have? Uh... Oh, wait, no. I can't say it. It's always got to be a surprise. We can, never, we, can never, we can never reveal who's uh, going to be next. But no, I don't have anything else to say. I'm happy. Uh, I'm glad to be competing again. I'm ready to eat. I have to freaking eat more food here in a second, which I'm not excited for. But... <laughs> nonetheless that's all you do now i have to put i dude it's literally just eat sleep and train because eating is just as much of a job as training now (laughs) um but yeah we want to thank you guys again because we love you and uh we're excited to get this episode out and uh get another guest on who will remain nameless until we uh reveal the name so congrats to jake for competing at pans doing really good um like you said we're not going to reveal the guest but we do have some new merch coming, so uh, I won't talk about the specifics, but yeah, we do have some new, new stuff coming, so merch. look out for that, Damn, and cool. we'll both be at Jiu-Jitsu World League November 7th. Hell yeah, So and we're I mean, hanging we'll, out on Saturday, and we're going to eat some food and watch some UFC fights. Yes, so if you but see us at Jiu-Jitsu World League, yeah, no one's invited, just me and Jake. <laughs> Not even No, actually, one. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to leave your house. <laughs> leave your dog. <laughs> so yeah, if you see us at Jiu-Jitsu World League, definitely let us know how you feel about the podcast. If you have any suggestions, like Jake said, those like messages and the messages people send us on Instagram, or if anyone ever comes up to us, it means like everything to us. So we really appreciate all that. So yeah, Jake, you wanna thank our sponsors? I do, Danny. Ladies and gentlemen. Electrum Performance. Let me tell you something. If you want to get ripped, big, round shoulders, six-pack abs, screw that, 12-pack abs, you want to get thick thighs with veins blistering out of them, looks like your skin is so tight you might explode, Electrum Performance. Open GuardCast 25. Use it. I feel like that was a cross between Chael Sonnen and someone else that I can't identify. No, if I was going to do Chael Sonnen, I'd be like, so here's the deal. Ariel, 
if I was going to use electric <laughs> performance, and I will, I will, I will use electric performance. I will do it. <laughs> Sorry, you had to hear oh, that. That's so funny. So funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, what were they saying? Oh, thank you, High Tier Photography, Joe Fit Cryo. Uh, Jack in the Box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Arby's for the meat sweats. Yeah, Agro Brand Arby's for the horrible meat sweats. Uh, thank you, Abby DeJeff, for a great tournament. Thank you, Flow Grappling, for moving on. Thank you. Uh, I'm just kidding. Flow Grappling is great. I just didn't know what to say. Um, but also, we want to thank who's our other sponsor, dude? Oh, our Bright gyms. New Ground, Marcio Andre, Maracapa BJJ. <laughs> Come on now, Jake Watson. What's wrong with you? But yeah, that's it. It was a great episode. Thank you, Danny, for uh, being a great podcast host. Uh, people on my Instagram apparently think you are very hot. Which is cool. <laughs> Makes me. Uh, they never mentioned me, but that's okay. Well, that's because you don't look at my Instagram messages. They're all asking me about you. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> anyway, uh, Danny, if you, if you would be so kind as to take us out of here before uh, before I make a fool of myself further. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening this is episode 53 recapping the pans with jake and we'll be back in a couple days with a new episode and you will find out who the guest is when we post it see ya